Hey guys, the Dang Broadcast, episode number 333. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 1st, 2017. Mm. Now we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our monthly look back. Or, no, yeah. it's monthly trading policy. So... Looking back at a trade for that, Paul picked up. Paul, what did you bring to the table this time? Uh, I brought uh, Mark Gudenheim's and Jay Bones' uh, Rocketeer, World at War. And uh, it, it looked like a fun, high-flying adventure, you know? And he also was like, man, they get really mad when I pick really long things, so I'm going to pick something that's super short. It's four issues. And boy, is it. It reads like two. <laughs> yep. And we'll talk about that, but uh, first we should uh, warm up with a little bit of beer here. And uh, I brought this one to the table, and this is uh, Stone's Mint Coffee Milk Stout. It says it's laced with fresh peppermint and chocolate mint. Uh, I don't get a real full lacing. Uh, the the beer is also really cold. Like I, mm-hmm. I, It hasn't warmed up very quickly, and I've been focusing just my thoughts upon it to warm up not doing mm-hmm. anything to actually get it to warm up this um, is a but you'd get like you get a little bit of mint you get a little coffee uh it's definitely something i think that needs to warm up to really get those flavors oh if it's less in your glass it'll warm up quicker ah yeah you're you're pounding that harder than i am and i'm well, usually the one that's first finished well this is also only a five point five percent alcohol by volume beer mm-hmm. so it's a milk stout so it's nice and light it's Easy drinking right now. I yeah. do get a little mint on the back end, um, and it's only it's what like six ninety nine for the bottle. Yeah, it's not even that. Uh, this was bottled on twelve sixteen sixteen, so it's uh, not the freshest, but it's not, but it's not old by it's any stretch. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Uh, it's okay. Um, I definitely want to review it again once it's warmed up. It's but, kind uh, of weird. They do say you can cellar it up to twelve months, which. For a five percent beer, I don't know if I would do that. Well, I guess the mint would probably cover up any teriyaki, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, but Chris, what are you having, bud? Uh, right now, I am drinking Southern Tears Imperial Ginger Beer. You guys had this on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, I just brought it down here. It's only, I think, like seven ninety nine for the bottle. Mm-hmm. So I love ginger. I love Southern Tier. It's a great price point, so I picked it up. Uh, I'm drinking it at room temperature, and I put it in the fridge because I figured this might be something I need to drink a little bit crisper. Because right now, it tastes just like someone had left their ginger ale out like for a couple days, and then I picked it up and decided to drink it. Um, it's, I don't want to say it's flat, because it's definitely carbonated. I, I see bubbles coming up off of it, but it really reminds me of just a flat ginger ale. Like I, I'm just drinking someone's old Seagram's almost. Hmm. Yeah, we. I don't know if it's like it. It's brewed with lime and agave, so it's giving it that little bit of sweetness, which is what I think is giving it that kind of not syrupy taste, but if you ever ever had like a, like a ginger ale, you know that it's it doesn't really taste too much like ginger, and you get like a like sweet off of it. Mm-hmm. It tastes just like that. It's weird. So I put it in the fridge, like trying to chill it down a little bit, see if uh, some of the flavors pop out a little bit more. It's not bad. I mean. I put it at a respectable three. That's purgatory standards for me. Um, mm-hmm. Seven ninety nine. I don't fault the like the bomber bottle for this. Like it's just it's not what I expected it to be. Uh, and listeners, you might not know this, but Chris Roy is a ginger ale fiend. He loves ginger ale. He loves ginger beers. So I love ginger in anything. <laughs> it means something. he likes his girls to be gingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I mean. He's a connoisseur, so he's really letting it down. I thought it was better used in a cocktail than mm-hmm. just drinking it on its own. Um, and I think that was kind of their main purpose for making it, because it even says, like, drink on its own, or one of our distilled gins yeah. or vodkas. So they brewed it to have it for their own mixer kind of purposes. Yeah, they're coming out with another one of these Brewmaster series or Castmaster series. I forget what they're calling it. Uh, and it's a take on uh, Manhattan. 
because it's bur- barrel a bourbon barrel aged with cherry. They did that um, when they opened the distillery. They had a release party for that, and now they've released like kind of a second wave to get out some to stores. Mm. Um, but yeah, real limited release with that. Oh, this isn't bad though. I think this would be a great like patio beer for when I'm sitting outside, like reading some comics or something. And eight percent yeah, too. Like any other like ginger beers that you have, Krabby's, um, Jed's, which is a Saranac line, they're all four percent. Isn't so, Krabby's under four? Krabby's is like no, it's like. About four, I think it's like four, four, six, something like that. Uh, it's Schoferhofer that's like two percent. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. That's... They put the alcohol content almost like uh, how Seven Up technically should have an alcohol content on it because the lime, you know, during the process does release of zero point one percent alcohol. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna start carrying Schoferhofer in twelve packs. And I'm kind of excited because it's also like a ridiculously low price point for it. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. It's so drinkable. It's so great. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a great summer drink. And uh, like a summer mixer, too. Uh, we have, on brunch days, made uh, mimosas with them. Ooh. Pretty delicious. Is it? I can imagine. Uh. What else you can imagine is the news that we're going to talk about. Yeah, oh my God, something I something I don't want to imagine though is a world without Bill Paxton. I know. Uh, Bill Paxton passed away on the yesterday, which was what the twenty seventh, twenty fifth. No, it was just today. Oh, oh, was it? Was it today? Breaking news uh, today. Uh, but complications. Like when I went to like the comic book news website that I usually check for everything, like it was like the top banner, like passed away. I mean, I mean Pippin yet, but mm-hmm. I feel like I noticed it. Uh, but complications due to surgery. Yeah, and there's going to be complications for me, and mo- I think other people suffer from the same thing: the Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman syndrome, where I- I'm never sure which one's which. President in Independence Day. Pullman. Yes. That's Pullman. Apollo 13, Paxton. Yes. Because they passed it into that space shuttle. Yeah, yeah, he got sick. I'm trying to come off a mnemonic Oh, oh, a mnemonic device. Uh, Neither of them were in Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, No, that was... (laughs) Bill Paxton could have been in that. There was a lot of bad actors, or a lot uh, of actors in that bad movie. He was in the one with the white frequency noise, right? Movie? No, uh, Frailty. He was in Frailty. Oh. Uh, talking about. Twister. I can't remember his name. Statman. Multiplicity. What's the dude's name? Michael Keaton? He's playing the vulture. Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. He was in that white noise movie. Oh, that was a Keaton. Keaton. All right, so, but it's Bill Paxton that passed away. Um... He's been in some great movies, been a lot in a lot more awful movies, right? Uh, uh, yeah, he's found his way into. He's been in, he's been some okay movies. Uh, I mean, he was Hudson in Aliens with Game Over, man. Uh, sure. Have, are, we, are we recording this? Yeah, because I actually I, don't know. I don't know if we were actually. Well, are we recording now? Yes. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. Paul, you usually count it down. Oh, uh, you know why? Because I introduced it. I, I started up again, so I, I don't oh, count for okay. myself. Well, uh, then how do we know we're recording? <laughs> most recently, he was on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played... Oh, yeah! He played kind of one of the badass agents that was actually working for Hydra. He was the uh, clairvoyant. Yeah. That was his uh, code name, I guess. And uh, Did I ever tell you the story of... Which I really liked, and it was always, like, the story always got bigger. Uh, he was Chet in Weird Science. Mm. Uh, I really, I was just talking to someone yesterday about about uh, Bill Paxton. Sorry. About Bill Paxton, and um, uh, we, I was talking to him about uh, Frailty, which was a movie he directed and starred in, which I... Oh, I didn't know he directed Frailty. Yeah, which we I thought... saw it in the theaters. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I, I like it. I have it on DVD. Hmm. Great movie. Bill Paxton. Uh, will be missed. 
know what won't be missed because we're actually getting our it's rumored that we'll get it but it's w it's warner brothers so who knows uh a nightwing movie nightwing movie yeah this is uh being directed by the guy that does the lego batman movie chris mckay chris mckay uh so i'm thinking it's going to be a lot of fun hopefully but it's being written by somebody else uh, i didn't see who it was being written by um but uh chris mckay I mean, the Batman Lego movie, Lego Batman movie, looked, just from the previews, looked like it was a lot of fun, tongue-in-cheek Batman jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, when you look up the, um, you look up Chris McKay, like, there's a picture of him, he's got a Captain America shield tattoo on his arm, he's got another comic book tattoo on his arm. It looks like somebody's definitely loves comics, so hopefully when you have somebody like that, you get a good movie out of them. Mm-hmm. Because he can go further into the Nightwing mythos than just, like, oh, he used to be Robin. Uh, Yeah, and he also might be like, oh, I get the character. Mm -hmm. I can make a movie about him. Which, it's always nice to have someone that gets the character, but is that something that Warner Brothers would actually allow and welcome? Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. They fired three directors from The Flash. Yeah. Slash, they quit. (laughs) So, like, when all this news started coming out, I just kind of, like didn't pay attention to it because I just figured well it's a Nightwing movie they're having so many problems with their actual like upper echelon superheroes like Batman I mean Wonder Woman was in development forever and it's finally happening but the Flash Aquaman like they're not having any luck with that top tier stuff so should I look forward to a Nightwing movie from them or is that going to kind of be cast to the wayside as they funnel money into other stuff I'm kind of more hoping that they do cast it to the wayside, meaning the studio does, so that way we can get an awesome Nightwing movie without, like, a bunch of studio involvement, and then be like, oh, right, we forgot we were paying for that. Uh, yeah, and also they're like, oh, uh, McKay's on it, you know, he did a good job with Lego, just let him do it, you know, like... Let him play around with it, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it should be good. It's like the TV stuff, yeah. it's whatever. Uh, yeah, I think because he's not in the big, the big echelon, that it probably will get made. <laughs> uh, also, uh, something we didn't talk about, but uh, Mel Gibson in talks to direct the uh, Suicide Squad sequel. How's he gonna work? Jesus, getting beaten to that one. <laughs> I don't know, but I just watched um, Hacksaw Ridge. A lot of Jesus in that movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, jeez. Jesus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. But man, the action. That guy uh, definitely can find the beauty in violence. And right in the opening scene, I said that to my wife. I was like, man, those people are being burned alive, but there's something so beautiful about <laughs> he, it. <laughs> he just imagines everyone as a Jew. Oh. <laughs> Either uh, that or sh- with sugar tits. That's all I know. Uh, but the I mean, the action oh. stuff in that movie, uh, great. Very good performances out of the actors. Uh, weirdly odd casting of um, Vince Vaughn in uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I don't know why I'm giving a Hacksaw Ridge review right now, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't... It is Oscar know. night. And uh, I honestly didn't know uh, Vince Vaughn was in it. I, I didn't either. He plays a drill the drill sergeant. And then all of a sudden is with the platoon in the war, which I was like, uh, no, he trains people. He doesn't go away with, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but he's got some of the best lines in the movie, and he's got some super badass things. But then again, you're like, Vince Vaughn is really old and box-shaped. <laughs> it's all the eat meatloaf he eats. Right? Uh, but... But he's like the best bat and all the beauty of violence in that movie. Best parts. Anywho, Mel Gibson, huh? Mel Gibson, Suicide Squad director. Maybe. I I don't. We we have. So no. I'm surprised they're doing another Suicide Squad movie. It made a lot of money. Yeah, it uh, internationally. Of money, but it was so just people were back and forth on it. Like I don't. I think it's best just to like wash their hands of it and like focus on other things. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't work for the studio, so. They can cash a check. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, they're like, oh, what can we do? I don't know. Put Mel Gibson in charge of it. Jeepers. Okay. Oh, man. Vince Vaughn is the Joker? <laughs> it's going to have the best lines in the movie. 
actually pretty good if they just keep on like re- just recasting the Joker each and every movie that he appears in and changes his like look and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very Joker esque. I kind of would like that because uh, I don't think I would like anything now that's happening over at Warner Brothers Pictures. So, but their television's pretty good. You know, I like speaking the- of TV, we just got the word that CW cast their. Uh, like his name, Black Lightning, for the upcoming pilot for the Black Lightning show with Chris. Was it Williams? Chris uh, Williams. Chris Williams. Sorry, I'm not familiar with this body of work, so it's a lot of TV work. Sorry, I'm pouring beer away from the microphone. Uh, it's a lot of TV work. Um, not a lot of big motion pictures. Um, but yeah, he's he's done multiple episodes and lots of different TV. And Black Lightning, story of Jefferson Pierce, a retired superhero who gets back into being a vigilante, from what you said before, John. That's what I said. Ooh, wow. Papa Cherry. Yeah. Sorry. I just uh, took a sip of the next beer. And it's the exact opposite of what we were having oh, problems man. with with the last one. Jeez. Ooh, Crazy. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, like, uh, two years ago when DC Legends was Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. They uh, they said, yeah, we're not going to do any more superhero shows. <laughs> and then uh, they picked up Supergirl, and now they're doing another s- TV show, <laughs> uh, which is good. I kind of like the sound of this, um, but I don't know. I've fallen off of all of the DC shows right now. I'm not even watching The Flash. <laughs> I don't watch much TV anymore, but I've always appreciated Black Lightning when he's popped up and stuff, especially... Um it's part of like the resistance submit things during final uh, crisis. Final crisis. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. Even if they don't make this a show, I'm sure we'll probably still see it aired somehow as part of like legends of tomorrow or arrow. Like they'll find a way to like cut this and work it into the actual show. Kind of like they did with blue beetle mm-hmm. back on. Was it smallville? Yeah. The yeah. one episode. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that had been rumored for a while, and then they finally just kind of like, oh, here we go. So this this is, must be the television show they were saying, that, hey, there's going to be another DC television show coming out. And I said in our predictions episode that I thought it was going to be Blue Beetle. You thought it was going to be Booster Gold. And um, But Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Who's new? I liked him most probably when... Um, when Lex Luthor was president, and he was like the department, the head of uh, he's like head of education, head of education. He was uh, DeVos. Uh, yeah, he was a teacher, so he had had the experience. And so, and he was basically there to keep an eye on Luthor for the Justice League. So he's kind of like this double agent. It was kind of great. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. I kind of like that it's going to be an older, street level character. Yeah. If I don't think they're going to go full on Gran Torino. <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of good, but because it, it's CW, so it probably won't be that level. But maybe this is how they try to, we you know, have this character kind of play in that Marvel Netflix realm. You know, it's kind of like definitely not as right. He's too old for this shit, kind of. <laughs> you know, kind of even dark, going a little bit darker than Arrow. And maybe staying a little bit more street level than Arrow's been, and uh, kind of being more of that Marvel uh, Netflixy kind of thing. Yeah, it, that'd be it. Would be good. Because um, that's the only niche that I think DC's television is missing right now. Because Arrow used to be that, and now it's just a huge. It's a, a team. Yeah, it's a huge team thing. I. I really wish they'd get away from the formula that they use of having a big team behind the hero. I mean, it's uh, since Buffy, you know, yeah. like or since. Well, even... you need the hero to talk to somebody. Yeah. Otherwise, but we it would be a quiet. Sh- it would be a that of a show, like well, no words. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you to finish your sentence. I know. I, I well, no, I, I, I was kind of trying to make a point, and then I'm like, oh. This is not working. Nobody's getting with that time. No, sorry. Yeah. No, nope. but it, but talking about the Netflix shows, like those characters, they have interactions with people, but it's more like in feels like more real life. Like he's having a conversations, hiding the secret that he's the superhero. Not 
I'm going to tell you, and now you're part of my team. I bring <laughs> everyone into the fold. You know, like, Alias. Well, you, oh, go ahead. I don't know, like, to kind of go back to Buffy, you need that support cast there. Like, you need those people that you see everything happen through their eyes more. Like, on Arrow, nobody's favorite character is Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. You like Felicity. You know, like, that's that's it. Same thing on Flash. Like, okay, yeah, you might love Barry, but who doesn't love Cisco and Caitlin? You know, like, it's... That that's the that's what keeps you in the show. I love Joe. Joe's so good. <laughs> Joe's actually really cool. I liked in uh did you watch all of like the ones where Barry's on Earth two yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's like the jazz man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the jazz singer. Super cool. And Joe's he, awesome. And he hates Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh but one more piece of some more DC news. Oh, is, we have more news. Okay. Uh, Matt Reeves uh, is... No, sorry, he isn't. No, he's walking away from the project. Ben Affleck's quitting. Oh, wait, they're all staying, and Matt Reeves is going to direct the new Batman movie. <laughs> okay. Because that was the news yeah. every other day. We are like, he's left. He's not doing it. He said he'd never do a Batman movie. Uh, he's directing a Batman movie. Officially. And who's Matt Reeves? Matt Reeves is, uh, we spoke about this. Oh, he did Paul Bearer. He did do Paul Bearer. (laughs) You remember that because your name's in it. Yeah, because we talked about it the last actual episode. Uh, Okay. But he also, um, he's done the last two Planet of the Ape movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did um, the handheld uh, alien movie. Uh, Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Um, so to start off the Cloverfield genre of movies. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Uh, he's a good director. He does really good action. He can do nice special effects. Uh, I've enjoyed those Planet of the Eight movies, the second one, and I'm looking forward to this third one with Woody Harrelson. I still haven't seen any of them. Uh, watch the second one. You don't need to see the first one. Hmm. Um but the second, I mean, the second one, um, really, really well done. Third one, uh, the villain is Woody Harrelson, which he just looks super creepy. Oh, holy crap, it. that just reminded me, too. Woody yeah, Harrelson that, died? No, no, oh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, we just got our first look at the cast of the uh, Star Wars Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. Young Solo. That's right. That happened. Because Woody Harrelson's in that, too. Yeah, Peter Mayhew I, not returning for it. Oh, dude, the guy has no back left. His back is gone. Uh, what was the other thing? His back uh, walked out on him. From what I heard, the Christmas, the Star Wars Christmas special, mm-hmm. that horrible thing, I guess, is going to be actual canon, and we might see Chewbacca's <laughs> son again? Uncle Stinky? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the, but Chewbacca's son might <coughs> make an appearance. Um. I was excited to see that picture because it kind of just like popped up on my news feed and I was like, oh, awesome. Like they're mm-hmm. starting production on this. And then I was like, okay, I recognize Chewbacca, Donald Glover, and Woody Harrelson. I'm guessing the kid in the middle is going to be Han Solo. And then there's all these other people here too. Mm-hmm. You're like, they got to get a bigger boat. <laughs> and also like right at the same time, there was the announcement from um, Disney with the live action yeah, Lion King. Lion King movie yeah. with Donald Glover playing Simba and James Earl Jones. Yeah, being replayed by James Earl Jones. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is the one that's being directed by John Favreau. So exciting! John Favreau did the Jungle Book, right? He did. Yeah. Well, also uh, the first two Iron Man movies. Mm-hmm. He's happy. And and Zathura, which I was telling someone about, and they didn't realize that was an actual movie. And I was like, yeah, it's like the sequel to Jumanji before the sequel to Jumanji that's coming out next year. And her mind was blown that there was actually like, like a pseudo-sequel to Jumanji. It's a space board game that kids get trapped in. Pretty much. Yeah. Not great, but it showed that he could do special effects, you know, and then he got Iron Man, so... If not for that movie, we probably wouldn't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. How weird is that? We would have an Iron Man that was... What's his name for Minority Report? Uh, Tom Risky Cruise. Business. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Uh, Bill Pullman. <laughs> As uh, Obsidian. Bill Paxton is Obsidian. Yeah, what's, what was the guy's name? I, Obadiah Stane. Uh, Obadiah Stane, not Obsidian, yeah. 
So I wasn't paying attention. No, we to were. You guys. I was. We were riffing. I was, we were doing well. Yeah, I know. It, it sounded like you guys were having fun, and I wasn't a part of it. <laughs> so I it. brought it to a halt. <laughs> no fun without me. I'm the fun one. Uh, that's what happens sometimes when you start talking about news. Is you forget about things, and then boom, the John news mentions Woody Harrelson. <laughs> it all comes back. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad there's like a Woody Harrelson renaissance right now. He's disappearing everywhere. He used the kingpin. Started back in Zombie Land, right? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you could probably draw a, good, a very good regression line on his popularity and. And starting with the zombie land. Yeah. Maybe. Any more surprise news? Uh, I think we got all the surprise news. Awesome. So, uh, do you want to head into your other beer since you poured that? Well, we only got two. Long. So we'll wait until the main. Yeah, cause, okay. because then we always do like, oh, let's open up another one. Yeah. And then we're drunk all <laughs> Sunday. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Did you have another beer, Chris? Was that you asking us no, if you I, should drink another I poured, beer? I poured another one just because you guys had one. I mean, I can sit on it for a while, so no rush. All right. Uh, so let's go into the books that are coming out March 1st mm. of this year, 2017. Man, it's already March. Already March. And I am looking forward to Rat Queens number one. This is bringing back my fan favorite series. That's cool, but Chris, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to what else John has to say about Rack. He's looking it up now on his phone, no, so... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, this is by uh, writer... <laughs> and he was also burping, because it was, burp. like, weird. I figured I'd These beers have made me gassy. Uh, the writer, uh, Curtis Weeby, who uh, did the series before, they're bringing it back with a whole new story arc and a new number one. Uh, with uh, artist uh, Owen Genie? Possibly. Uh, Possible. But I really enjoyed the series. Uh, kind of a fun, ton-in-cheek, dungeon-crawler, D&D, fun-esque comic book. Uh, really looking forward to it. The series kind of... Um, the last series kind of fell apart. I think there was some of the like, artists... Uh, the artist- well, it- it seemed like they had an artist who was kind of coming and going from the book. Like, I don't know what was happening, but it was delaying the book. And then they had an artist jump on that was like, hey, our new ongoing artist will be monthly. And then I don't know what happened after that. Like, I I love this book. And I'm glad you kind of brought it to our radar, but I never really kept up on it. Uh, it was actually um, a fan request that we did the tr- first trade of it. Mm-hmm. And really good to request, yeah. Yeah, and uh, no, I kept up with it, and yeah, it just it fell apart towards the end, because I think the one artist was taking a while, but I, get, I think they were sick, mm. and then they had to leave that, and they went to another artist, and then that artist left, and then the third artist, it just kind of, there was always time between books, and I kept picking them up, but it just kind of, I think it just kind of fell, the story ended where they were going to go, and... Now it's getting re- a new volume, a new volume, a new yeah. reboot kind of a thing, bringing it back. I, th- I think that's okay with this kind of book too, because it's not so much like a linear story progression. Like they don't need to keep like going point A to point B to point C. Like I'm okay with them pausing and then like, hey, we have a, a new adventure. Like here's this. Oh, there's a new thing happening. And also, if it's, it's it, it is tongue in cheek D and D, so they can always be like, oh, the party wiped, and we're starting the campaign over again. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and just kind of like make a weird resurrection, kind of uh, make a joke of being resurrected or something like that, or they rolled new characters, you know. And hey, look, I'm stronger than I was last time. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it is, it's a fun tongue in cheek book. Um, and Paul, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to actually another trade. Uh, this is oh my god, I know I'm moving to the trades. Uh, this is uh, Zantana. No, I, I by Paul like, Dini. You're probably going to make us read it. No, no, this is uh, much too long for that. This is a collected volume. This is uh This is why would that stop you? <laughs> it's never stopped you before. It stopped me because you guys complained about it so much. So I listen to my constituents, <laughs> to my team teammates, uh, and so I won't make you guys read this, but I will read through it. Uh, 
I think I own most of these anyways, but uh, I'm excited to get in and track the uh, collected works. This collects uh, Zantana 1 through 16, that uh, Paul Dini and Stefan Rue uh, series. Uh, no, Zantana Everyday. I, I, I would read this. Zantana Everyday yeah. Magic, number one. Uh, That's why you got a Stefan Rue uh, Zantana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DC Infinite uh, Halloween Special, number one. And DC Universe Rebirth Holiday Special, number one. So it comes with uh, 18 or 19 books. And. And it has the Halloween anthologies that you love. Yeah. So I'm I'm in, and it's Paul Dini doing the writing. Uh, I think physical or digital. I'm going to pick it up physical. I was just wondering. I, that's what I would have done. Uh, just because I kind of want the the actual art there in front of me, and it's easier to just go back and grab a trade, I think, than even loading it up on the phone. No, I I agree. I'm because downloading takes forever. I was in the process of moving. I just brought over the last boxes yesterday and building my bookcases again and like filtering everything in from boxes i was like oh like look at all these green lantern trades and i just kind of started flipping through them again i was like wow kind of want to read these again and also what are you looking for oh chris chris is looking forward to looking looking for it's me I oh. thought there was a pause, and I was like, I don't remember who's supposed to do it. I'll throw something out there. Also, if you buy it on Amazon through uh, begnaboard.com slash Amazon, uh, the paperback is $25.32 versus the Kindle edition, a.k.a. Comixology edition, of $39.99. Oh, my god! So save the $14, people. Buy it. Save the $14, buy another trade. Yep. So uh-huh. that's what I'm doing. And I'm actually looking forward to a number one coming up for Marvel Comics. And this is America number one. And this is the first ongoing series for the character America Chavez, a.k.a. Miss America from Young Avengers. And this is being written by Gabby Rivera with art by Joe Kionis, who you may know from doing Howard the Duck or the DC Weekly Comics um, Green Lantern story. Uh, he's got like a really fun kind of like 1960s pop style. Uh Miss America's a fun character. She's never really been on my radar outside of Young Avengers. She just kind of appeared in that book. And I don't know where she came from, but I'm okay with knowing more. I think this will be a really fun kind of Young Avengers stand-in until we get something else from from that team. So that's my pick. Hmm. Uh, if you're looking for another trade, uh, another one that you can pre-order now on Amazon is uh, Batgirl Stephanie Brown by Brian Q. Miller. For nine for nineteen dollars, so you're spending. Uh, I think that's definitely worth your uh, fourteen plus some extra. Yeah, I think that's. Listen, bangboard.com/slash/amazon. We're saving you money by making you spend more. <laughs> yeah, but that macro one was solid though. I loved it. It is good. I might. I probably will pick that up digitally though, because the art was good. That was Marcus Toe on art, right? No. Um... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking out on who did the art for that. It's okay. Cause we're yeah, not sorry. We're not talking about that book right now. We're, we're not. We should, though, because it's great. Maybe maybe that will be a trade-in policy soon. But what we need to do right now is a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from The Unworthy Thor. Issue 4, page 3, panel 4. Maybe if I find another dragon, a larger dragon, the largest dragon in... No, no more dragons. Ooh. <laughs> You're so raspy. <laughs> that woman's got a raspy voice. That woman's voice is the same voice as Gosh. Thor's voice. I kind of... Sometimes it's raspy voices and women kind of sexy, but... <clears throat> uh, no. Uh. Uh, no. No more dragons. Get thee to bed, God of Thunder, Mother's orders. The hammer will still be there tomorrow, my son. Tis just a hammer, after all. And that was a very storybook dramatic reading from The Underworthy Thor. Uh, Issue 4, page 3, panel 4. You guys are going to be so good if you ever have kids reading them bedtime stories. 
with all the different voices that you're training now. Everyone else to send us what bedtime stories to read. <laughs> and also, that, that Paul sent us this. Brian Q. Miller was drawn by Lee Garbett because I just ah, okay, nice. Hmm. Now, what else is nice? Visiting Here. my friend Chris down in Orlando, and thus driving over to Tampa to visit Cigar City, so I could bring home this bottle of beer. Hey, I'm drinking a Cigar City beer too. Ooh, we're drinking Raspberry Halo Imperial Stout. Um, okay, random, because we didn't talk about this. I'm also drinking the Raspberry Halo Imperial Stout <laughs> Cigar City. There we go. Uh, Chris, we're splitting this. Uh, and uh, This is all for me. Chris is going to Funky yeah, Town. <laughs> you are going to go to Funky Town. It says it's an Imperial. Have you seen the APV on it at all? I have not. They don't have it printed on the bottle. No, okay. I was just wondering if I missed it. Uh, but this, like, uh, you heard John go, woo, <laughs> uh, when he ter- first took a sip, because uh, unlike the Stone Mint Milk Stout, Coffee Milk Stout, uh, this hits you right with that tart raspberry right up front. And uh, it, It's not a syrupy raspberry. It's mm-hmm. a nice, like, actual raspberry raspberry. Mm-hmm. 10.7. Ooh! ABV. Woo-hoo! Yeah, uh, I'm really hey, enjoying it. Hey, this is it. why we're best friends, because we drink the same beer without knowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what I like about it is, after that first sit, uh, sip, that tartness, your tongue, get, you just get acclimated to it, and it's just that rich, big, imperial stout flavor. And yeah, just you get that, a lot of that chocolate kind of like on the back yeah. there, then. And then it's just that whisper of, ha- of raspberry, just being a halo. On your mouth. Yeah. Much like the title of the bigger beer. Uh, really, really, really good. Um, I feel like we had... A- what? There's a cognac oat? Uh, raspberry? Oh. I don't think we actually had this at the brewery, though. I think we all just kind of grabbed it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was on tap when we were there. Because we had the oatmeal cookie one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I- then I remember I had some sort of, like, mango or, like, peach IPA. Yep. I can't remember what else. Like, there's a there was a day of beers. Like, there was a lot of just we different did. stuff sampled between like the two breweries. I'm writing it up on a tap, but Chris, you're really enjoying it. I think I'm enjoying it the most out of the three of us. Uh, I'm oh. the one that went ooh. Okay, John. Well, what do you think about it? Uh, no, I mean, Mr. You, you pretty much said everything that I would have had to have said about it. Yeah, that raspberry is really intense initially. Um, this is, it's almost like when we used to, um, blend, like, uh, dark beers in Lambics. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, yeah. like, a nice chocolate stout blended with a raspberry Lambic. Uh, really well, really well done. Um, I just recently did that with, um, Don't Be Jelly, which, uh, after so long in the can, actually has, like, peanut buttery taste now. Oh, good. Uh, I have one left. <laughs> I, I recommend blending it with a raspberry lambic, and it tastes peanut buttery and raspberry like a peanut butter jelly beer. Mm. Um, and this, that, like, my initial sip reminded me of doing that a couple days ago, but uh, really, really well done. Um, yeah, it's just I'm kind of surprised to hear blend. this is what, 10.5, you said? Yes. It's so easily uh, drinkable. It's, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I'm just glad we were able to get it into a bag because we were we had so much beer. We actually you were drinking beer, so you didn't have to try to fit them in a bag. It's true. Back to Buffalo. We were having morning beers, so <laughs> I was having morning beers no matter what because I was full on vacation, Paul. That vacation, and we left we left the beer there because I was just like I, I'm not opening the bag again and putting another beer there. It's too packed full. Um, but yeah, no, this is really great. Um, I think this might be my favorite thing. Uh, from that trip, mm. from Cigar... Better than Angry Chair, though? No. Let me finish. From Cigar okay. City. Uh, okay. Angry Chair was so good. Everything was really... Yeah. Do I have any bottles from Angry Chair? No. Yes. We have those... No, because you guys should have the salted caramel, because we all picked that up, and I drank mine, like, two weeks ago. No, Paul and I bought... Every, all three of us bought different beers. So Paul oh, and I you? brought... Oh, did you? I thought you got the same one. No, Paul and I brought home the um, Sours. Do you have that? Oh, cool. I thought I brought it back to you, or it's still at my house. I thought I brought it back to you. I don't know. I got beer everywhere now. It's kind of gross. 
Paul, all over the house. Paul is getting yelled at for having too many beers in the fridge. Because we were like, oh, let's go in the basement and grab a beer. And his wife's like, let's get the beer out of the fridge. <laughs> out of the upstairs fridge. And it's I just, have a downstairs it's, fridge. It's in a crisper. It's, he, had him, he had him in his like lettuce crisper. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's where the lettuce goes, not your beer. <laughs> I have one of those nice uh, you know, Samsung fridges that uh, will catch on fire. Just like their washers and dryers, <laughs> just it'll turn you into us. It'll turn you into a super villain, <laughs> aka that black short fat rapper guy. What? What's his name? I have He's no idea. Voice. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. <laughs> but it has that uh, what I like to call the leftover pizza tray. You know where it's at the just drawer which fits the pizza box perfectly, or like a bunch of bombers. So that's where I keep most of my bombers. If I'm hey, putting them in the fridge. In because pizza doesn't last long after you, like, say, like, oh, I'm done with this. And you put it in the fridge, and, like, two hours later, like, oh, I got pizza. <laughs> Gotta eat, eat it. All the pizza. Eat the shit out of that pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is super good. You know what else was good, but not super good? Uh, that was an awful segue. Sorry, guys. Um, the book that we're reviewing. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have loaded it up on Comixology so I could actually like look at eh, all the stuff. You, you, know, you but, remember everything that happened in it. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember the you know writer artist team, which you, was you, Mark. Well, that, it was written by Mark Guggenheim, which is kind of what led you to pick this book up. Yep. Um, and then art by Jay Bone with support from Dave Bullock. Yes, I knew it was a D name. I thought it was Dan something. Uh, so this book I was kind. I was kind of worried going into this book because I loved the Rocketeer as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was probably like nine, so I didn't know how much of that was relevant to going into this book. And that's very much a comic book nerd thing, like worrying about like what's canon, and what's not. Um, so when I started reading it, and it was someone else's, like the Rocketeer, I was like, oh god, I I don't know what's happening. And then everything kind of falls into place because yeah don't worry Cliff's still the Rocketeer yeah you see the the book starts out with the Rocketeer falling to his death mm-hmm. and then it turns out not to be the Cliff, Rocketeer uh, oh, what's, what's Cliff, Cliff's the cord so, the cord yeah but then like uh, then it goes to Cliff like on a battlefront and taking things but they never really say his name on who he is I had to go look up. I looked up the Rocketeer movie on IMDb to see what the Rocketeer's name was, and then go, "Oh, so he's a Rocketeer." This book like doesn't inform you that he gave up being the Rocketeer, gave his jetpack to the army, and enlisted to like issue two. Yeah, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" I had to look up all this information about the Rocketeer to read this stupid book. <laughs> they they gave it to you in the first uh, issue that. Cliff Secord, because he, you look at the dog tag, it's, it's Cliff Secord rather than the guy's dog tag. And Who he's a, remembers that's the Rocketeer's name? I do. I'm like, oh, Cliff Secord, yeah, that's the Rocketeer. He's the Rocketeer. Because I'm like, who's this blonde asshole that just died? He's not the Rocketeer. Cliff isn't blonde. Uh, But the whole movie, from what I remember, not, luckily, the Rocketeer was on HBO for a little while there. <laughs> And uh, so I watched it two, three, four times. Uh, it was on HBO Go, so Kate would come home on, like, a Tuesday where she works late. And the Rocketeer would be on as I'm, you know, straightening up the house or doing something else. And she's like, really, this movie again? And I'm like, it's so good. It's just so good. Uh, so I kind of remember that, like, the whole point of that movie was to keep the Rocketeer out of the hands of the Germans. But this was before U.S. involvement in the war. So it was like 1939 or something like that. And uh, what's his name? Howard Hughes. Eccentric. Uh, He he was the one that developed the jetpack and decided not to give it to Uncle Sam. But then he's there in the very first issue, like hanging out with the army, being like, oh, yep. This pilot, he, this boy might just... Ah, he just did it. So it's like, oh wait, I thought the whole por- point of the Rocketeer movie was exactly against well, this the right movie now. also might not be 
what's going on in the new world of the Rocketeer, which mm-hmm. started a few years ago, the, with the relaunch of the character. Right. I, I'm also connect, kind you of can't this. connect like the ninety. I mean, in some aspect, you can connect the nineteen nineties mm-hmm. Rocketeer movie with this comic, seeing as all the characters show up in uh, one form or the his other. Girlfriend in this is not the same portrayed by uh, Jennifer Conley. They have different names. Really, in the movie and in this, Betty. Yeah. Who was? What was the name of? I was his girlfriend. Remember, remember his Jennifer Conley. Conley yeah, it was, that looks like Jennifer. That looks like Jennifer Conley in the book. Not really. Uh, both of the, I have to say, both the girls, uh, O'Hara and uh, Betty, look exactly the same except for different hair. Color. Jenny. She played Jenny. Jenny. Oh, Jenny. Not Betty. Uh, it, the book has some fun qualities to it. Uh, the art looks great for the most part. There's a couple pages where it's yeah. kind of poorly drawn. Uh, or just doesn't look that great. I it's a like, very quick cartoony style. I don't like the new yeah. jetpack that they gave him. Mm-hmm. I don't like the weird like side jets that it has. You don't like the the the, the jetpack by Dyson? <laughs> no. We removed it's... we removed the canister the bag and gave you a canister. And also, instead of wheels, it's just one giant ball. It is the new vacuum jetpack by Dyson. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I went a little it's longer. It's weird that it has like side jets coming out. Yeah. It just doesn't look right. Like it just doesn't look like the of uh, the right jetpack for him. Uh, it needs a side jet so he could like twist and you know spin because the spinning that's a good but, move. Okay. Little, little little bit more about the book. Uh, this is the rocket you're trying to bust up a Nazi plot using a death ray and stolen plans to an American bomber. Mm-hmm. They can cross the Atlantic. Yes. So it's up to the Rocketeer to put that to an end while battling, was his name, Captain Blitzkrieg? And also the, the... The Nazi Rocketeer. The Nazi Rocketeer and also the... Squirrel Man. Squirrel Man, who seemed like he was the... Gonna be the main villain. The main villain from the movie, it almost was like. Like, I looked at him, I'm like, oh, it's, uh, what's his name? It's not Neville Sinclair. <laughs> that looks like Neville Sinclair. <laughs> He's cocky. He has a flair for the dramatic... Seems like he's Neville Sinclair. Yeah, the flying squirrel. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, and it does its job. I found that uh, when I had a quarter of the way through this, I didn't need to continue reading. I could just look at the pictures because the, a lot of times the word balloons were just describing the action that was going to follow in the next panel. Um, I don't know. It is cheesecakey. It's kind of fun you know it seems like it's trying to capture like the fun you had if you were mark guggenheim reading these comics when you were a little kid Mm -hmm. uh but it just seemed a little weak yeah uh i think you could have done a better job with it um they definitely the art is very cartoony um, which is okay. Like, okay, you're gonna do a little art, cartoony kind of Tintin esque. Okay, um, but I just yeah, I, I didn't mind the art. It kind of reminded me of like a Darwin Cook style. It's very like that 1940s. It fits mm-hmm. that kind of pulpy nature of what the book is reminiscent of. So I, I I like the art. It might not be my favorite style of art, but it, it worked for me. And it fit the the. It fit the tone of the writing, but it could have been... It really could have been a lot better. Yeah. It could be more Darwin Cook and less weird... Like, because sometimes some of the faces are so, like, you know, blown up sideways that their eyes are so far apart and everything, they get a little alien. Yeah, and also, like, when they kept trying to show him inside his mask, Uh it was just... It looked always so odd. (laughs) This was a weird perspective. The proportions weren't quite right. Uh, I will say, Mike, my big thing is every time we do something for the trade and policy, we read these digitally. So I always kind of like tap on the first page to see how many pages it is. And I saw this was 128. The last 10 are a prose short story, which I did not read. 
Neither did I. Uh, like the ten pages before that were all like variant covers for the book. Mm-hmm. So that's like a hundred pages of story that probably could have been boiled down to maybe thirty or forty in just like a big one shot that probably would have been a lot more fun because it wouldn't have been so decompressed. Because I kind of did what John did, whereas after I saw how many pages it was and how you could kind of just kind of skip through it. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't need to read all of this book. Yeah. Cause it, 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 none of it matters. No, because how many times can you say, ha ha, I just punched you in the face, Captain Blitzkrieg. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, how do you say this in Japanese? What? I'm going to punch you. And then like he punches the guy and then the guy says, it. it's like, yes, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Like it just, uh, I don't know. It just, or, it just fell short. And, I was, I think, the three of us enjoyed and some of us loved the Rocketeer. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Great movie. I'd say now I, I, I've seen it recently and I'm like, eh, it's still good, but it's not great. Um, it's one of those movies. If I saw it somewhere for five, ten bucks, I'd probably oh, buy it just so I can yeah. rewatch it because I haven't seen it in so long. It's definitely worth five, ten bucks. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly's addition that movie. Oh, she's addition owns every movie. Yes, she really is. She's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it just... I don't know. She's, a, she's the best part of... Um, what, how, what was that movie? Requiem for a Dream? Requiem for a Dream, yes. Just ultimate sad ass. movie. Oh, that's such a sad movie. Uh, I do have to say... Na, 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 na. To get back on the actual na, na, na. comic... Is, uh, na, 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 na. I'm trying the, to make Paul cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting back to this comic. Listen, listen to our not episode, folks. Yep. Where John and, and Paul do cry. Uh, there did seem like Mark Gutenheim was just aware of what he was doing with the whole writing, with the whole, like, how do you say this in Japanese? Because he was just filling it out and just having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's a, a part of it where I'm like, they just straight up ripped off the. For, um, uh, Captain America, First Avenger. Yes. Because they say, when why he's fighting is because he said, as he says it, he doesn't like bullies. And I'm like, well, I thought you meant about I'm, flying the ship across the across the uh, water yeah, yeah. to blow up uh, America. <laughs> that, too. that too. I was like, oh, oh yeah, there it is, right there. And then the guy, the his equal on the jetpack comes back and he's all like lit up and he's got a skull face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons to the first Avenger, Paul. A lot. So I was coming I, into I, this I review. World start, War Two. I really wanted them to start calling that guy neon Nazi, so they could just like shorten it to neo Nazi, but they didn't. Oh, uh, that was he got good. like that blue glow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I really thought that. Well, strangely enough, neon only uh, glows red, but that it's would be yeah, it would be argon Nazi. Yeah, it would be yeah. Argon Nazi for blue. Um, weird yeah. that I have to correct that. I yes. didn't need to. That was stupid you, of me. Sorry about that. Be... Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We might be saying some incorrect things all the time on this podcast, but you just went too far, Chris. <laughs> Allow <laughs> me to correct <laughs> the neonness. That's it, 333, last episode. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't correct Chris at all with his Mel Gibson comment. I just went, whoa, too far, but Argon gas. <laughs> Argon's going to be blue, Chris. You fucking idiot. <laughs> no <Normal> gases. <laughs> Getting energized. Uh, this book ruined our friendship. <laughs> what was I going to say about this book? Of all the books you picked that? and made us read, this is the one that ends it, Paul. <laughs> I thought it, it would have been Habibi one. for I sure. Coming down on it really hard, but just it's a trade paperback that doesn't need to be mm-hmm. a trade paperback. If like this had been, you know, who published this? Was it IDW? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. IDW presents the Rocketeer number one. Like if this had been like a number one issue that was slightly oversized, I'd be like, oh yeah, like it was a fun read. Like it was a fun. I'd look forward to more. It would have but been a this, fun. Um, Look back, epi- you know, yeah. look back. Book. You know, it was some. They stretched this like this yeah. was four or five issues. I can't remember. Four issues. Like, four issues of this, and it 
it didn't need to be that long. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like I always appreciate, you know, comic book writers and artists getting work. Like that's cool. That's what they do. Live the dream. Give the page count. Give that page. But if, if I had to buy this, like every single issue for these IDWs are probably like three ninety nine. I, I probably would have felt pretty burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad I picked it up in the trade versus the single issues, but uh, I kept on reading this thinking, man, I had more fun with, uh, what was it, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Oh, Aerosmith's fantastic. Aerosmith, right? No, Aerosmith, right? Because the guy's name yeah, Aerosmith. is Aerosmith. Aerosmith, okay. the uh, Kurt Busiek, Carlos Pacheco book about like World War One, but they're using magic. magic. Yeah, and I kept on thinking, oh, it's kind of like that alternative timeline fiction of a war, and I'm like... I'm like, and this is the Rocketeer, though. I should be having more fun with this book than I did with Aerosmith. But then again, it just, yeah, it just was so just non nonplussing me. It was just, I was nonplussed by it. It was, I was reading it. It was okay for what it was. It never got me past and i was afraid that john would come into it and be like this book was ex- everything i hated about captain america the first avenger <laughs> and i thought chris would come into it saying this is a lackluster attempt to get Aeros- to do aerosmith <laughs> and i'm like i'm gonna and here i am again like giving a book to these guys to read that apparently sucks no it it's not my least favorite of Paul's picks for the trading policy, so that's a low bar. Uh, there's, there's that. It's a low bar. So apparently, the only pick, uh, good book that I picked. The low, you went with the low hanging fruit because we're all Rocketeer fans. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, um, it's it's not terrible. I say pick this up if you find it somewhere like mm. cheap or it's on sale on Comicsology because it it is the Rocketeer like. There was like that fun kind of like pulpness to it. Like I did not feel like reading this was a chore. It was a very fast read. Like it's especially since you skimmed through the last ten you to fifteen skim pages. Through, like the last, well, pretty much all of it. Because, yeah. Like John said, like you look at the pictures. He's putting on his helmet while he says, "Let me put on my helmet to protect myself." Like it's mm-hmm. it's one of those kinds of books, but it does work for what it is. What? I can't fault you for picking it. I can't fault the book for being what it is. I just, I think I'm going to trust Mark Guggenheim less after reading this, though. Like, I know he's done comic books that we like, though. I has mean, he? he? Did, like the flat. He did the Flash yeah, years ago. Like um, the Flash relaunch, like the one year later stuff when it was Bart as the Flash. Yeah, he came onto it afterwards and like finished it up, and he finished strong. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We it's, it's not bad. It, this reawakened my want to find the Rocketeer on DVD at, like, Target or somewhere so I can, like, just pick it up and, like, watch it sunlight and be like, oh, yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Mark Guggenheim, like, he was a name that we used to talk a lot about, mm-hmm. and then we haven't said much about him in a long time. Um, but, yeah, he was a name that we would toss around a lot back in the day. Yeah, it's I'm just so nonplussed by this book and his work right now that I'm like I'm afraid to pick up. And I'm now on uh, begnbork.com/amazon cuz this is my new job, looking up The Rocketeer. Uh Paul, why didn't you pick up The Rocketeer Adventures 2 by Mark Guggenheim? Uh because I'm spoiled on him now. Uh the DVD, Chris, is seven dollars and twenty five cents. Oh my god, that's so cheap! Uh, you can get the Blu Ray for sixteen eighty three. Woof! Is it in? Is it in three D? Uh, that's the multi format. You can get the multi format, the twentieth twentieth anniversary edition. Uh, which I guess is Blu Ray and DVD together. Uh, that also, much for the Blu Ray? Jennifer Conley or the dude that played Cliff needs to come to my apartment and be like. Oh yeah, when we recorded this, it was it was pretty cool. Oh, the, filming this was awesome. You didn't, you I didn't, didn't actually say that. I had to record it in like ADA. Uh, you just open the door and he's like, "Thank you," and he gives you a handshake and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I expect a candy bar and a handshake. Wow. <laughs> uh, that that was an euphemism. I just <laughs> hand me a Snickers or a Twix and I'm happy. I would think a stick of gum. 
so you can put it on your jet pack later, so it doesn't uh, blow up on you. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is Paul frequently purchased together. Alec Baldwin, The Shadow. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. You can, you can get both for sixteen seventy seven. Order a pizza for thirty dollars. So you got a perfect date night. <laughs> I'm saying I head to like Walmart and I find like that like midnight two pack or like just like the movies that they arbitrarily like smash together. And it's like oh, you get twelve movies for like one price. I see the Rocketeer and the Shadow together for like ten bucks. I'm buying it. It's that's a purchase. So here's the thing, Paul, is we never remember the books that you bring to the table that we all really like. Wonder Woman. Okay, Wonder Woman. Was it. But we always remember the ones we dislike. So, uh, power ranking, Chris. The trade and policy. Wait, wait. A lackluster power ranking? Like a uh, anti-power ranking? Number one is the worst that he brought to the table. And we'll just... Filter out for, through there, dude. I, I hear giant bad. on DVD. I mean, what's I this, is the, this is Not the this is the problem. I have to pick apart what Paul's brought to the table, but I feel bad because I can't remember how much there's been before that. I'm just like, uh, like Essex County wasn't great because it's just people's lives. Habibi made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Habibi was a beautiful book. Everything about that oh, book yeah. was beautiful, but Craig it took Robinson us it, it took us eight months book. each to read that book. <laughs> Read yeah. that book for a trade um, policy. Superman Birthright, though, that just took it out of me as a human being. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for reading that, I was just like, I don't want to go on anymore. That's <laughs> one of my favorite books that I picked. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was sitting in a closet. And just like, <laughs> I had the most. It was Wonder Woman for my power ranking because it would be Wonder Woman, Superman Birthright, then. Rocketeer. That's <laughs> <laughs> my number three. It would. It's the Rocketeer is so innocuous. Like, there's nothing about it that makes it like stand out on either the great or the bad list. Yeah. There, there Paul, was b- before we started recording. Like when you were like trying to defend your like your picks, and you're like, maybe I just shouldn't pick books anymore. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'll save it. No, no, I shouldn't pick up. Mark Guggenheim books anymore. Like okay. I shouldn't I shouldn't have put that Oh yeah, Mark Guggenheim's on it, so it's gonna be good, Mark. Uh here's the thing that I want conti- for you to continue on, Paul. Okay. For the trade and policy, you pick the books that you want to read. Oh yeah, that's that's and, what I've and, been doing. And, yeah. <laughs> and, unfortunately. And, 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 it'll always it'll, Superman Birthright, I was very excited about. I'm, i was happy I read it. That okay. There was a giant turd that was taken on it that Superman. entire time. Superman Birthright is like cited as like, oh, this is the reintroduction of Superman mythos that you know you need. This is heading into mm-hmm. modern times. This is who Superman is. Too long. Too long. Just too I, long. I remember reading it and being slightly bored, and then looking at the, like how many more pages I needed to read, and I flipped out. <laughs> <laughs> And I've my, never looked at how many pages I have left to read so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have to say, the number one, Paul, is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, because mm. that was so much good. That I, that. I literally refused to read it. <laughs> I stopped reading it and just started taking screenshots of awful art and sending it to Chris and being like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. We basically did that. That's how I read the book, because we kept sending panels to each other. That was a good one. That would be my number four. (laughs) That would be right after The Rocketeer. Have you read it? (laughs) Oh, boy. That's the one that people's like, yeah, I want to read classic stories. And they say they're going to read that, and I'm like, have you bought it? Nope. No. (laughs) Do not. Watch, find and watch the X-Men animated series version of that. It's better. It's better. It's not good, but it's better. But it's definitely better. So much better. Uh, that animated series, going back and watching those episodes, they're bad. They are not um, good. Someone just told me it's either on Netflix or Hulu now, so you can just kind of stream it. Yeah. It was. I wore my X Men shirt the other day, and it's like the 90s X Men cover, mm-hmm. so it's got like Cyclops, Beast. It might uh, be on uh, 
Instant Watch. Amazon Instant Watch. Because uh, Batman Animated Series is on Amazon Instant Watch most of the seasons. But, I, mean, I would totally watch that again. Not to That's just, worth it. Not to just pick on you, Paul. No, no, no. Trade and pop, or, uh, lookbacks, how many issues have I made you guys read that are awful? <laughs> yeah. That I agree. Like, I think the only difference is I am usually on the agreeing side of this book was bad, where you're always like, come on, guys, it wasn't bad. But the thing about like the the look back stuff, it's it's a good premise, and it sounds like that's what always gets me. At least there were like five books for today's like that I kept looking at, and I just kept going, I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> I'm not gonna buy it because I'm like the premise sounds really good. It sounds so creative, but I'm not gonna spend that three ninety nine on it. I had like four books like that, and then I finally came across uh, Rat Queens, and I was like, okay. I'm Definitely buying that. Mm-hmm. All right, solid pick. If there's anything you want to purchase, remember. <laughs> I was going to say, like, are we still recording? Because this are. sounds like us busting each other's balls and normal. This is what people come to the show for. It's, it's to hear Paul screw up and <laughs> hear Chris's cats in the background and John laughing hysterically. It's great. Hey, we praise you when you bring stuff that we really like. We give you all the credit in the world. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, no, I don't feel ganged up. I mean, this is fine. This is, <laughs> it's so out of I agree. for Paul like, to bring something that we like. <laughs> like, oh, what? Uh, but listeners, hey, trade policies, if you want to save me, send us recommendations, you know, and we will read those traits. Uh, I might then pick the wrong trade. Like I did for that Star Wars <laughs> one. Didn't do it for the Star Wars. Bought the wrong one. But uh, and none of us. Re- we read all of us read half of it, and we're like, we're not reading anymore. <laughs> we'll talk slightly about it, and then we'll just talk about Star Wars instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to hear just John and Paul going off on uh, the movies coming out in t- two thousand seventeen, you know the non superhero ones, the ones we probably won't talk about on the show. Um, Listen to our not episode. Where it gets heartfelt. It does. In the middle of it, we get stuck on a little tangent and both cry. About World War II. <laughs> Glad it didn't happen during the Rocketeer talk. <laughs> you know why? Because our, neither of our grandparents were Rocketeers. Were rocketeers. It didn't happen. Uh, but we rocked some tears in that last, last episode. Uh, <laughs> very proud of that. Should be. That was a good one. Uh, follow us over on the Facebook. That's Paul. What? That's episode <laughs> Thank you. I was writing it down to be one of the ones. Uh, look out for uh, new Paul, episodes. You named the last episode books after we had like <laughs> such a long talk about what to call it. Well, yep. we we had lots of them last week. <laughs> it was also it books. Well, because that was the bad segue that I made. But also, all the other ones, like, math is the news of the world, just too long. Uh-huh. All right, we're... Long enough to make you think. I stand by that one. Also, beat that horse person to death was also up for discussion as a title. <laughs> too long. Oh, that's the next Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, John loves the beauty of it. <laughs> There's such a beauty in his violence. Alright, we done? With episode? Are we episode? I think we episode. I think yeah, we're, we're good. Episode. <laughs>